Big Mouth, Small Words, Sports Talk. We've got a lot on the docket today. A lot. Hello, Gypsy. we got a lot. We're in the Vikings Lounge studio, and I've got some things i got to get off my chest. I know I haven't talked in a while, but uh, we'll start. I know it's a little bit of old news, but we're going to start with the Jack Edwards thing here, okay? A lot of people have been giving him a lot of crap. A lot of people that don't know what they're talking about. I know that... A lot of you people don't like Jack Edwards for whatever reason. I don't know. I grew up watching wrestling. I like Jim Ross. I like people that go, bah, God, he's broken in half. I like guys that want to get it going and get rowdy and talk and go. They point to the dagger in their throat. They rip it out of Toronto's hands and kill the beast. I don't want a guy going, he scores. Good job. I don't want that. I want Jack Edwards. I want over the top. I like his pre-game craziness. I like his antics. If you don't like it, get a clue. Figure it out, all right? He's fantastic. He gets it going. If you, Listen, they got the great, got a great thing going. Brickley knows hockey. <laughs> not said so that Jack doesn't. He knows hockey, but he's over the top. Brickley is not over the top at all. So they're great together. I'm getting off topic. A lot of people are talking about Jack Edwards as to the Roman Polak getting stretched off the ice. This call that Jack made, this is what people are missing. A lot of people are missing this. It was in real time. He goes into the boards. Keep in mind, Roman Polak is trying to smash, smash Wagner's giblets into the next fucking nether realm, okay? So keep that in mind. Wagner goes, falls down, and Polak awkwardly goes into the boards. It sucks. It's horrible. But... I understand where Jack was coming from. I, in in the moment, was screaming, "Yeah, you dick!" But like, then he's hurt, and then you feel like shit. And and listen, when you're an announcer, you're paid to call what you see in real time. That's what you do. And after Jack saw that he was hurt, he immediately was like, "Dude, you know, like, I'm sorry." He didn't say, "Dude," <laughs> but he was like, "I'm sorry, like, for the the I I really like, you know, hope he's okay." And thoughts and prayers to his family. And then a lot of people are hating on Jack because after the fact, they said, do you take back what you said? And he said, no, because it's a play-by, I'm a play-by-play announcer, okay? I'm saying what I see. And you should never apologize for that. It's your freaking job. So everybody shut up about that. Honestly, Jack Edwards, you're fine. Everybody else, shut up. So that's my thoughts on that. The Boston Bruins are back. They're back. And you know, I was hibernating a bit. (laughs) Uh, My Bengals are 0-5. I'm not talking about that. We're not talking about that. 0-5 bungles. Big time disappointment. Smashing of the Kearns wallet. It is what it is. But um, I'm back. Bruins are back. The first win was pretty good. Go up against the Stars. We got the first four games on the road. Two games down, two wins. Not too shabby. I like it. Um, 
I gotta try to remember. I didn't write anything down, but I'm just going. So the first game, Richie scores first against his former team. First shot, not a bad way to start it. Uh, Danton Heinen got the second. They scored one. We win two to one. Tuca played pretty damn good. Not over the top good, but pretty damn good. Definitely well enough to win as he did. The next game, we go up against cheeseburger Phil Kessel. Hot dog riding Phil Kessel. Squats to pee Phil Kessel. I hate that guy. Oh, God, I hate him. That's right, Eric. Suck it. I hate him. <laughs> so, uh, who the fuck's he on? What team's he on? Uh, Phoenix. So, we played the whatever the fuck they are. And we, I don't want to say dominated. We, we, we kind of did what we wanted. We won one to nothing. Marshy got a dirty, not dirty in a good way. He just got like a goal off of a, he went for a one-timer, didn't get all of it, but he got enough of it to get it by the bag of trash that was in the net. So we win one to nothing. Halak looked really good. I was giving him a little lip before this game, but I ain't giving him lip now because he played fucking good. He, he crushed it. He was all over it. He made a couple great saves. And if Tuca and Halak can recreate a little bit of magic that they did last year and, and they're solid, and as long as we can keep playing this defense, obviously the Bruins are going to have problems later on. You know, you've got Krug right now basically as a rental for a year. He has said he wants to be with us. He has said he wants to stay. But, I mean, there's not enough money to go around. You get McAvoy, you get Carlo on, on team-friendly deals. That's definitely for sure going to help. But, I mean, there's a lot of questions for this team in the future. Bergeron's not looked up to snuff, up to what I look at him as. I know he's getting older, but, I mean, don't get me wrong. He's every bit the leader that we want, every bit the leader that we need. But in game seven, he didn't deliver. And in the first two games, he did not so much impress. Long season to go. It's okay. Pasta's flying around like he usually does. Nothing super impressive from the first line yet. But you can't expect them to do what they did last year. Although I do. <laughs> I do expect them to, to get it going. Um, yeah. Defense played great. Offense played okay. I'm liking the third line. I always like the third line. I don't know. Something about the fucking Bruins in the third line. So, yeah, 2-0. and oh. So we're, we're just going to win 80 more in a row, and then we'll be on something. <laughs> so those are my Bruins thoughts. We're going to go to... Where the fuck are we going? Where are we going? I don't know. I'm going to figure it out. Click. Okay, so we went Bruins. We're going to kick it into wrestling. We're going to go to the Hell in a Cell recap. For those of you that don't know, there was a wrestling event Sunday night that I was kind of into, and then I kind of wasn't. I will explain that as soon as I write this down. So I'm going to give you some grades, like you care. <laughs> no, I'm going to give you some grades for these matches. I'm going to give you a little backstory and go over this because I want to. So 
Uh, the show kicks off with Natalia versus Lacey Evans. They've been building up Lacey Evans for a while, like for a long time. She's a hot blonde. She's kind of like a Charlotte ripoff a little bit, but she's really good at wrestling. Natalia, workhorse of the women's division, been around for a long time, deserves a lot, probably deserved the win, but Lacey's the future. I'm thinking that they're going to give it to Lacey. The match was basically Lacey beating the bag out of Natalia the whole fight. Then Natalia pulls off a stupid sharpshooter and ends up winning. And I didn't care at all. Bad story. Annoying. Now it sets up a last woman standing match on Monday Night Raw that I also don't care about. So that's getting a D plus because Lacey's hot. <laughs> um, what else we got here? Becky versus Sasha Banks in a Hell in a Cell match for the women. Now, obviously, all y'all remember, I went to Nashville for a minute, and I'm saying y'all. <laughs> um, so everybody knows that, you know, Mick Foley versus The Undertaker, nothing's ever going to top that Hell in a Cell. It was the best match of all time, in my opinion in my not-so-humble opinion. And so Becky versus Sasha. Becky's the man. They're really building her up. On the season premiere of SmackDown, they had The Rock with Becky Lynch. She's the new guy. Rock's saying, yeah, I'm passing the torch to her, so that's cool. Sasha Banks is a smoke. She's fire. If I had a soundboard, I'd be putting fire on there right now. There'd be a goddamn sizzle. She's fantastic. She took time off. She injured Paige months, 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 months ago. Took time off, worked her ass off, got a six pack, got her wrestling moves down. She came back on fire and she's been fantastic. So I had huge expectations going into this Raw Women's Championship match, especially it being Hell in a Cell. Now, they didn't utilize the cell as much as I would have wanted. And of course the child in me wants to see them go up to the top. I knew that wasn't going to happen. I got excited at first because before the cage even dropped, they went outside the ring. They're throwing each other into the cage. There's random kendo sticks. They're hitting each other with kendo sticks. They're putting the kendo sticks in the cage, putting a chair on it, putting a damn chair on the kendo sticks. She's jumping off the thing, kicking her in the tits. Everything's going crazy. It was crazy. Um, a lot of chair shots. Lots of action. There's a lot of action. And the thing is, in this match, it I want to say it was it was a long match, maybe 30 minutes, something like that, 25, 30 minutes. And I was never bored. And whenever I'm not bored with that long of a match, you're getting a damn A. Now, I'm giving him an A- minus because Sasha put about 15 chairs into the ring and then got suplexed on him, and that was the end of the match. Hated it. Wanted more chairs. Wanted more tables. There was, I mean, Becky did get put through a table. I just want a little more carnage. If there was a little more carnage, maybe you jump off of something, I would have given you an A+. Plus, but an A-? Something to write home about. That's legitimate. Um, then you had Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryant versus Harper and Rowan. I really didn't care. I don't care about the storyline. I love Daniel Bryant. Yes, 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 yes. Everybody loves Daniel Bryant. Roman Reigns, don't care. Harper and Rowan were great when they were with 
Bray Wyatt, but now they're just like, I don't know, they're whatever. The match, all in all, pretty brutal. It got it went somewhere. People going through tables. There was a lot of lot of high a lot of hard contact, a lot of beating the bag out of each other. Um ended in a stereotypical way, reigns with a spear, whatever. But I gave it a B minus, mostly because it kept my attention. It wasn't it was good. I, I went into it not caring a lot, and I came out of it going, okay, well, it was okay. So I give it a B minus. Then you had Randy Orton versus Mustafa Ali. I went into this also not super caring, but I love Randy Orton. And you know what? They told a story in this match that normally they don't do that anymore. So Orton obviously is the apex predator. He's the viper. He's the friggin' man. And Ali is trying to make a name for himself. And they kind of beat the bag out of each other. They had some good spots. You kind of knew Orton was going to win no matter what, but they did make you think a couple of times. There was a cool transition where Ali, uh, Randy Orton went for the RKO. Ali, like, did a fucking handstand, didn't go down, went to go get the pinfall, got a close two and a half. You're thinking maybe he's going to steal a victory. And then Randy Orton RKO's him, kind of, like, turns to him and is like, hey, bitch, (laughs) I'm the Viper, so suck it. So Orton wins. I give it a B. I give it a B, and I didn't care. I I went into it not caring. It could have been the drinking. I don't know. It wasn't. Uh, yeah, Orton Orton did great. Ali did great. Good match. B. So I was in a good mood going into this uh, women's tag team title match. Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross versus the Kabuki Warriors. I don't give a crap about the Kabuki Warriors, although this match was okay. Not great. Nothing to write home about. Pretty good. I like that they made Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross look legit and they they had some good spots. I like that they made um, Asuka, who was once dominant. Asuka was once the, the woman that no one could beat. She had the streak. She was crushing it. She lost to Charlotte and was never the same after she lost the streak. So they give her the Tajiri mist. She sprays mist into her face. Nikki Cross's face and she picks up the win. I kind of like it. If they're going to make her go heel, they're going to make the Kabuki Warriors go heel. That could be something legit. I like, I'm going to give that a C plus. Because... It was it was okay. It wasn't amazing, but I like where it can go. So I'm gonna give it women's tag title match. Kabuki Warriors win. Okay. Then you have the Viking Raiders and Strowman versus the OC, which is AJ Styles, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson. Once again, this match just I didn't get the point of this match. I, I was like, okay, I guess this is gonna be whatever. Match ended up turning out to be pretty good. The Viking Raiders are a good upcoming team. The OC's always been legit, but they never let them do shit. Uh, but the 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 thing that lets you know that the match wasn't amazing is the fact that the biggest part of the match had nothing to do with the match. You got Tyson Fury out there. He's in the stands. Strowman throws somebody into him. He puts his hands up. Whatever. I mean, so now he's going to go talk to Strowman or I don't know. It's 
I don't super care, but Tyson Fury, they need all the, the star power they can get, so it's whatever. Um, what else we got here? Gable versus Corbin. I don't give a shit about that match. It was it went on forever. It got a D minus. You're lucky you didn't get an F. You got a D minus. You both suck, and I don't care. Charlotte Flair versus Bailey. Solid match. Charlotte's always good. I'm glad Bailey lost. I know Bailey, a lot of people like her, and I don't have a huge reason for not liking her, but I don't. And I don't apologize for it. And Charlotte Flair is the 10-time champ. There was a lot of great moments in this match. They told a story. They both worked on the legs. Bailey tries to cheat. She doesn't. She loses. Charlotte Flair hits her with the figure eight. Good for Charlotte. Suck at Bailey. That's about that. This is the thing here. Seth Rollins versus The Fiend. I was so pumped up for this fucking new Bray Wyatt persona, The Fiend. I loved where they were going with the match at first. Hated it. Oh, I hated it. I fucking hated it. Oh, I hated it. So first of all, they have just, it, the whole match was in red. There's just a red fucking light. There's no light. So they're all walking around in the red. So dumb. Hate that. I was getting pissed off the whole time I was watching it. Then they're doing stupid little spots, whatever. Seth hits him with some stuff. He hits him with some stuff. And it looks cool at first because, you know, Rollins hits him with a kendo stick chair. It doesn't affect him. It's cool. Hits him with a finisher. Doesn't do anything to him. He does all the shit to him. Hits him with a chair in the head. Hits him with a ladder. And then the fiend, like, he can't hurt him. He gets back up. And I'm like, this is fucking awesome. He kicked out after, like, four curb stomps. This is going to be amazing. Then Rollins just keeps fucking hitting him with the goddamn toolbox with a bag of dicks. With a bag of bullshit. He's hitting him with everything. The fiend's down. And then they fucking call it disqualification. In a Hell in a Cell match. Do you guys know that it's not real? Do you know that? Because, holy shit, you you could have done anything with this match. Just give Bray Wyatt the title, and everyone's happy. Or have Bray Wyatt win, and then have him give him the belt and go, I don't even want the belt. I just wanted you to know that I have a massive dick, and fuck you. You could have done anything else with this. And honestly, it's almost it was almost impossible for you to fuck it up because you had so many options and the option you chose was to take a freaking match that has no rules and then have a guy lose by disqualification. What the fuck are you doing? I hate you. I hate you, WWE, for being so stupid. I shouldn't care, but I do. It's really stupid and it's really annoying and you're dicks. Now, after he hits him with all these things and then they stop the match, the fiend, Bray Wyatt, gets up and starts fisting his mouth and then Seth is bleeding all over the place and he's like, and he's fucking fisting his goddamn mouth, fish hooking him. And I'm saying to myself, why didn't you do that two minutes ago? So that's how it ends. I'm not even fucking with you. If you didn't watch it and you don't know anything about wrestling, I'm sorry because you have no idea what I'm talking about. 
Because as I'm saying it, I'm remembering how stupid it was. I'm saying to myself, I can't believe I fucking stayed up till 11 and watched this shit. I can't believe I made my friends stay up till 11 and watch this shit. So all in all, Hell in a Cell was okay. But if that last match was amazing, it could have been a great pay-per-view. But instead, it was out of the butt and into the fuck. That's on you, Vince. Paul Heyman, Bischoff, you, you dicks. Smarten up. Smarten up. If you need some advice, hit me up. Big mouth, small words, sports talk. Hit up your boy. I've got some ideas. Holy hell. So, there you go. Recap. Hell in a cell. Should we do a segment three? I don't usually do long podcasts. We might do a segment three. This could be the end. It might not be. Click. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) We are not done. I know. This is a long one, but hey, I've been gone, so we're going to get it going. So, segment three. Segment three here. All right? We're going to talk New England Patriots. A lot of New England Patriots. Okay? So, we all know about the defense. I'll just go with the defense for now. They are really the only reason that we are where we're at. That's just a fact at this point. Obviously, the level of competition helps because there hasn't been a level of competition. You trounce the Steelers first week of the season 33-3. You smash the Dolphins 43 to nothing. You destroy the Jets at 30-14. to you, you, The defense saves you against the Bills. On the road, 16-10 to 10 you win. And in that last game, you win 33-7 to 7 going away. Was not always that way. In the first half, the defense is the only hope that you had. The defense, number one in the NFL, they're giving up 6.8 points per game. They're giving up 238.4 yards. That's first in the NFL. They're giving up a measly 160.4 passing yards. That's first in the NFL. They're giving up 78 rushing yards. That's fourth. That's dumb numbers. That's Ravens of 2000 numbers. That's Steelers Steel Curtain numbers in their prime. Is it because the, the teams that we've played have sucked? That probably helps. But what also helps is that we have fast athletic linebackers. We've got a stout defensive line. And we got ball-hawking cornerbacks. Got 12 picks on the season, people. I mean, this defense is unbelievable. It gets you amped. It gets you jacked up. But then you got to go to the other side of the ball. And you get less amped. Now, we're scoring 31 points a game, which is third in the NFL, so people are going to start going, oh, wow, like that's impressive. But it's not as impressive as you think. If you're actually watching these games, I'm not going to say Tom Brady's declining. Stop. Don't get upset with me. I know you're going to. He is a little bit declining. <laughs> Just a little bit. Not a lot. 
But a little bit, guys. It's the truth. I mean, 10 touchdowns, 2 interceptions. It's not the amount of interceptions. It's the timing of it. It was a bad pick that he threw in Buffalo. And I thought, you know, Micah Hyde made a good move. He's good. He's a good player. But I thought it was a bad I thought it was a bad pick. And then I watched the Redskins pick. And I was pretty goddamn disgusted. I mean, he got pressured and he said, I don't want to get hit, so I'm throwing it up to a running back. And he threw a little floater up there, and it was just bad. It was just not good. And I was pretty pissed off about it. And you should be too, because if you start playing good teams, you can't be making those mistakes. The defense in the first half got Brady the ball near the 20-yard line three times. And he came out of it with three points. These are not things that can happen when you start playing good teams and actual competition. You cannot make mistakes like that. Now, I think we're going to be fine, but I think our biggest problem right now is our wide receiving core. A lot of people talk shit about Antonio Brown when we got him, but guess what? Bill knows that we need more. Tom knows that we need more. Dorsett's hurt. He's a small guy. We've been lucky with how healthy he's been. Josh Gordon is a freak, but he gets hurt a lot too. And honestly, he's not in shape. If you really watch the game and you're really watching his routes, he's fucking lazy and he's pissing off Brady left and right. He really is. There was a play in the second quarter where he was supposed to go over the middle and he did. It took him so long to break out of his route. Brady almost pump faked twice and then he had to throw one out of the end zone at Izzo. And he was losing his mind as I was losing my mind as well. <laughs> Julian Edelman is always perfect, and he's always the best, and I love him. Love Julian Edelman. But, unfortunately, every single time he went for a catch, he got up and he held his chest. I mean, he is hurting. He's going to give you everything he has, but we're only in week five, man. And you can't rely on that shit, which brings me to my next point. Adriel Jeremiah Green. You all know I'm a Bengals fan. You all know that I love my Bengals. AJ Green's your answer. There's a reason he's not coming back. There's a reason he hasn't been playing. And it's because his team's 0-5 and he needs to go somewhere else. Now, whether that be the Saints, whether that be the Cowboys, whether that be somewhere else, it should be absolutely the New England Patriots. The Patriots are the team that should get A.J. Green. The Patriots are the team that should go in for Tyler Eifert. If I'm them, I'm offering a second-round pick and a fifth-round pick for A.J. Green and Tyler Eifert. That makes sense. Um, if they don't take that, I, I would I would give a first-rounder for A.J. Green in a heartbeat because you're putting A.J. Green... I know a lot of people are going to go, Oh, Ocho Cinco, remember him? Shut your dicks. Shut your mouths, okay? A.J. Green is different. A.J. Green knows a playbook. He would be fine. Eifert would be fine. I don't know if you guys are, are realizing this, but our tight ends blow. You need a tight end. I know a lot of people are like, Oh, my God, Tyler Eifert gets hurt a lot. Yeah, you're damn right he does. But he's also sick. And I would say that Belichick is probably a better coach than anyone in Cincinnati's ever had. So he can put him in positions where he can help the team and he can help himself and produce. 
I've seen that guy score as many touchdowns, if not more, than Gronk when he's healthy. So give up a fifth rounder and get him. Give up a first. Look at what happened. The Cowboys gave up a first for Amari Cooper. And he changed their entire season. You add A.J. Green to that team, I promise you, you're going to see a big change. And I'm not saying that Brady's going to start bombing it like he did to Moss, because I don't think Brady even has the arm for that anymore. But A.J. can catch it on the sidelines as good as anybody. The dude can toe tap. He can catch it in the middle of the field. He can do a screen and run with it. He literally can do anything. And not to mention, it's not just that that makes A.J. perfect for the Patriots. It's the fact that he has no ego. He cares about him, the, the team. He's not like a, a diva wide receiver like Antonio Brown, like Odell Beckham, like all these other friggin' diva wide receivers. He is all business. He cares about doing his job. And actually, a big reason why he is not working out with the Bengals is because the Bengals need him to be a leader. They need him to be the captain. Well, his frigging quarterback, I almost swore horribly, his quarterback is Andy Dalton. He's supposed to be the captain. He's supposed to have the fire, but he doesn't. You go to Tom Brady, you don't have to be a leader, AJ. You just have to do what you do. Be AJ Green. Make catches. Do your job. I promise you, Patriot Nation, that dude will do his job. Tyler Eifert will do his job. These are guys I've watched their whole career. I know what they're capable of, and I know what they can do. And I'm telling you right now, they go to the Patriots, fucking book it up, dog. Book it up. That might be how I hedge my bet, the Bengals bet, <laughs> because I'd be going all in on the Patriots if they got either or both of them. So, yeah, Patriots have the Giants on Thursday. They're going to smash them. Gets a little interesting after that gets a little interesting after that. You start playing some real teams. You start playing... Uh, no, you don't. You got the Giants. You got the Jets. You're going to smash both of them. Then you got the Browns at home. Ravens on the road. Eagles on the road. Cowboys at home. Texans on the road. Chiefs at home. Gets a little uh, gets a little suspect in there. But, uh, I mean, the Patriots will probably go 12-4. Probably get it going. Go get A.J. Green, please. Can you just... Get him a friggin' ring. He deserves one. Go get Eifert. Go get AJ. You heard it here first. Second and a fifth should do it. If not, a first and a fifth should do it. Let's go. Let's get her. Let's get her done. Thank you for listening to Big Mouth Small Words Sports Talk. You guys are the best. I'm going to be fucking podcasting like crazy. My friends are trying to get me to do it online to get fancy so that you can actually see me in my element. Man, I know you'd love that. So... We'll see what happens. For now, we're going to stick with this. And thank you for listening. You guys are the best. Thanks for the support. Click.